G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Fight for Success podcast. Today, I'm joined by Leah. Leah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. No worries. So where are you coming in from? I am calling in from Bali, Indonesia. Nice. How's, that, how's, how's the weather over in Bali at the moment? You know, the weather in Bali for the last couple of weeks has been really out of the norm. It's been blustery and overcast and raining, and we are not in rainy season. So yeah. <laughs> the weather has not been great. I'm, I'm in Brisbane in Australia, and usually this time of the year, it's just perfect weather every day. And it's I'm looking outside, it's uh, good weather for ducks. So um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same. Um, look, thanks for jumping on the show. Just a quick 30 seconds. Who's Leah? Yeah. So, um, wow. I mean, I think like first and foremost, I'm a mom, uh, of two amazing boys and I am an entrepreneur and I am a woman that is really, really passionate about helping other women, um, just succeed and be successful and create the lives that they deeply desire. I love that. That's awesome. Um, and what, what, what do you do for a living? How do you, how do you help people with that? Yeah. So, um, well, I'm also known as the wealth, witch, and I have a podcast as well. So I'm super passionate about podcasting also. Um, and really what I do is I help people deconstruct programming and conditioning that keeps them trapped in financial slavery consciousness. Hmm. So it's my belief that we all sort of operate as compliant commodities inside a global financial agenda that doesn't necessarily serve our highest and best good. Mm. And so the work that I do helps women primarily, though I do work with men, they're only about 5% of my audience, but uh, women and some men to deconstruct uh, programming and conditioning that keeps us blocked or um, impeded from stepping into the highest level version of ourselves and really embracing our worthiness and deserving to be wealthy in all areas of our lives, which is what I really believe is our divine birthright on this planet. Love that. And that's, that's really nice to hear. And like, it, it's, it is so true though, that people kind of do um, get into that. It's kind of almost like, it's like a, a mental slavery, isn't it? When it comes to money, if, if you kind of constantly trying to make, in, um, make ends meet and you're working like paycheck to paycheck, you really do feel like you are stuck in, um, you know, it is, it is kind of like a slavery. You have to go to work on Monday. You can't, cannot afford to lose your job. Um, and it just gets into that, that kind of, um, it's like a, like a mouse on a wheel kind of situation. Um, so how do you help people from getting out of that, out of that mindset? Yeah. So, well, the podcast obviously, um, like to share a lot of this stuff on there, but I have actually developed a modality called emotional resonance clearing. And um, my business partner and I, who's a doctor of Chinese medicine um, and an herbologist and a nat naturopath have put together an emotional clearing modality um, that's based in kinesiology and neuroscience um, and traditional Chinese medicine and a body of work called five element theory. That's a 4,000 plus year old body of Chinese ancient wisdom and philosophy. And we use this modality to clear stuck and stagnant emotional pathology from the organs and meridian systems of the body. So what we're able to do is actually go into a person's physical and energetic body and identify emotions from lifelong patterns or incidents that have happened in their past that have become stuck or stagnant in our organs and meridian systems, and then actually clear that. 
so what we know is that when we continually imprint that that all disease, right, all issues, all disease, whether it's mental disease or physical disease comes from emotion. Mm. Um, and that's now scientifically proven. So we go in and release that emotion from where it's taken root, um, which really enables people to kind of see life through a new lens um, and move forward in a way that they're not sort of operating on autopilot because of programming or conditioning um, that happened to them in childhood or, you know, throughout their, their developmental years. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what are some of the patterns that you notice um, that gets people into this kind of situation? What are some of the patterns? Yeah. So, I mean, I see a lot of lack and scarcity and that has to do with really the stuff that you were just talking about where, you know, we grow up and I'm American. So, um, and, and I know that there is, um, the, about, have about 60% of my audience are from America and about 30% are from Australia. So I'm pretty familiar with how, uh, you all grew up as well. But, you know, I think that, you know, from the time we're little, little we're programmed and conditioned to operate inside this system. And mm. so that looks like, you know, go to school where we become indoctrinated to then, you know, and it's all about serving this agenda mm. that where we're working as these commodities. So it's, you know, go to school, get good grades so that you can go to university, take out student loans so that you can pay for your occupation, continually strive for further educational advancement, get yourself into further debt. And you're doing that so you can go out and get a good job so that you can work, so that you can pay tax and so that you can buy the house and have the dream life and pay interest to banks on your house and your car. And so it's just this continual serving of a system that doesn't mm. necessarily serve us. And that system in and of itself puts us into lack and scarcity because we don't ever feel like we're enough. We're constantly striving for something that is like this carrot that's being dangled just out of reach. Mm. And if we do reach it, most times we're working so hard and we're not enjoying our lives. We're, we're, we're um, working to live instead yeah. of, you know, like we're, we're working nine to five, five days a week so that we can take two days off on the weekend and, you know, maybe get a couple of weeks of vacation during the year. And it's just, it really isn't any way to live. But so we, we imprint these patterns of lack and scarcity and not having enough and not being adequate. And ultimately that to me comes down to like, I don't feel worthy and I'm not deserving. Mm. It's so true though, isn't it? The, the, the education system really just um, it's designed to help people get into the, get into the industries. It doesn't really um, help people be creative or think about being an entrepreneur or anything like that. Right. It's um, you know, if, if you go back, to when I, if I think back to when I was school at school, if I needed to think about how I was going to earn say six figures, the answer would be, you got to become an accountant, um, a lawyer, maybe a doctor or something like that. But really, if you want to earn six figures, you got to sell 300 uh, products that are $333. That's where you need to do it. So, but you never think about that when you're at school, because that's just not what you get taught. So what, why is that? Like, do you, have you got any thoughts on why the education systems kind of gets everyone like that? Well, because it doesn't serve our, this global financial agenda for us mm. to all go out and be entrepreneurs and to be making and be in charge of making our own money. Isn't that wild though? Like it is. we somehow grow up thinking that a six figure income is this thing that is really, really hard to achieve and that we have to go invest years of our lives in school, you know, to become master 
craftsmen or tradesmen at whatever in whatever industry we choose to go into, which, you know, you're absolutely right. That's like lawyer, doctor, um, stockbroker, accountant. You know, it's yeah. like we go to school. What we're, what we're taught is that we have to go to school and invest all this time and time and money mm. in education so that we can earn a low six figure in most case mm. income. Nobody's telling us how easy it actually is to make six figures mm. and that, you know, typically when you follow your passion and your joy and the things that you're excited about in your life, the money shows up. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's so fascinating that you say this thing about, okay, you just sell this many things. And I like love that graph where it goes through, like, you can sell this many things at a hundred, this many things at a thousand, but can you imagine how differently our lives would have been if mm. somebody would have showed us that very early on? Like yeah. just the simplicity of go figure out what you want to do in the world, craft mm. an offer or a product around it and go and sell it to this many people. And you can make this amount of money. Yep. Like it, it would, would have been earth shattering, life changing for the majority of us, but that doesn't serve our financial institutions, governments, uh, regulatory bodies and agencies, because then we're not operating inside this system where we're feeling like we're not in control mm. and doing whatever we can to um, keep up with the Joneses, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So, look, you, you're a mom. So, like, what, what's what are you going to uh, maybe teach your kids to make sure that they uh, don't end up in the kind of the same situation that we were when we finished school? Yeah. Well, first of all, we talk a lot about indoctrination that happens in our educational system. So mm. I have one son that is in traditional education. He's in an IB program at an international school, but he's a musician. So he's already decided like university's not for him. He's not going to college. He wants to just go play music, but he actually really loves the structure of his um, secondary education that he's getting. And they have an incredible music program there. So we just talk a lot about some of the things that he's learning and, and get him to, and have since he was very young, get him to really question everything. Like my philosophy with my children is always question everything and mm. question authority, question the things that people are telling you are true. Um, you know, especially the people closest to you, even me, you know, I'm like, I, we all are programmed and conditioned to believe things. So question everything. And so that's kind of been the role that we've taken with my oldest son and my youngest son, who is just turning eight in about a week, uh, is homeschooled. So he actually doesn't go to school and he's really, really interested in money and making money. And he has his own YouTube channel and he's like a little content creator like me. He's just <laughs> continually all through the day putting out content. But for me, it's like, it is this thing of explaining to them, this is how mom makes money. And this is how easy it is to make money. And, mm. and life actually isn't about making money. Life is about being happy. Exactly. Life yep. is about doing your purpose work, creating change in the world in the way that, you know, only you can, and the money will follow. And so those are kind of the educational lessons or the modeling that I do for my kids. That's cool. I really love that. Yeah, I've just I've only had a um for my first kid. Oh, I think it was ten weeks ago, so I'm like a new dad. But it's made me th start thinking about all this stuff. Like, what? Are, how am I going to teach him? You know, financial literacy and how to uh, run a business and things like that, so that he doesn't go through school, just go straight to university if he doesn't want to actually do it, um, and start thinking a little bit more outside the box and you know be a little bit more creative about how he's going to create the lifestyle that he really wants to live. 
Um, and I was thinking about uh, maybe doing uh, annual like entrepreneur, um, I don't know, some sort of uh, competition with him and his friends or something like that, where I'll teach the, I'll start asking them little questions about, okay, so what are you, what are you going to sell to someone? Started going through like a working out a product and then, okay, how are you going to convince them to um, give you some money for that product? So go through like a sales process. Um, who, who would buy it off you and go through like a marketing process and just uh, get a little bit more complex um, as they get older and older, but just give them the, the mindset that, you know, if I want to make $400, this is exactly the plan on exactly how to do it. Um, and then later on down the track, when they're 18, we can go, okay, you want to buy a car at 10, 20, $30,000? How are we going to do it? So yeah, that, that was what I was kind of thinking was um, starting to get him a little bit more into that entrepreneurial space and uh, yeah. understand the kind of ways on growing a business um, so that when he does actually finish school, he's pretty much set up for success. So yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. But I think like, you know, the beauty of so many of us stepping out into entrepreneurial paths and, you know, this is one huge blessing I think that that the pandemic has given us is that so many people are now realizing that it is easier to make money on their own and they do have more freedom than, you know, working for a big corporation um, or, you know, having a corporate job. Mm. So the beauty of what I'm seeing is like all of a sudden this next generation of children are going to know a different way. They are going to realize that there's opportunities and there are parents like you out there that are like, yeah, let's teach kids an entrepreneurial spirit. Though I do think that there is this, there is a bit of environmental stuff there because <laughs> both of my kids are like pretty industrious and pretty entrepreneurial. Um, and I think that just comes from like, they just see me in that doing that all day, every day, you know, and then that's modeled for them. And so they're like, yeah, that's how you do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why do you think, um, it, uh, what, what, what with the, you know, statistics on running a business, you know, the, the fail rate's pretty high. What, why do you think, um, what do you think is the biggest reason why a lot of businesses do fail? Well, personally, I think that a lot of businesses fail because people are doing something that they think that they're supposed to do, or they should, or that will be easy. So one of the, one of the places that I see people failing all the time is like, they're just not actually doing the work that lights them up, that gets mm. them excited. They're trying to figure out a way to make money. And so they think like, oh, this looks like a good way to money, make money, or that make, looks like a good way to make money. But you and I both know to be successful in business, you have to be willing to make sacrifices. You have to be willing to, you know, at certain times in the journey, work long hours, you mm. have to be willing to show up. Like, you know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. It's, you know, it requires a significant amount of discipline and dedication and devotion to the thing that you're doing. Mm. And I think that people just don't realize how important it is to be doing something that you love. If you wouldn't do it for free, I tell my clients all the time, if you wouldn't do this for free, don't do it because yeah. there's going to be a time when it's going to be so hard and you're going to want to quit. Like it's that it has to be that love or that uh, motivation or being driven by purpose that really pushes you through and enables you to, to have good success. Mm. And so I see a lot of people, you know, just giving up and when it gets hard, instead of sticking through it and being resourceful and figuring out how to make it work, they surrender and give up because it's not really what they want to be doing in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like business is hard and um, you know, there's, it's ne no matter what business you've got, it's, there's always going to be lulls. There's always going to be difficult periods. Um, and if you don't, if you don't love what you're going to be doing, then you're just going to quit. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. There was a, a video. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard of Alan Watts. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that um, the videos that he does about uh, like, what do you desire and what, what makes you itch and what sort of situation would you like if money wasn't a thing? Um, yeah. It's so true. If you figure out a situation that you really do like, and then figure out a way to make that your living um, you're going to be successful because you are going to be doing your ideal situation anyway. You're just going to be figuring out a way to monetize it. So it's, it is a very important way to be, be successful. Um Let's get back onto the the wealth side of things. So, um, how like if you work with someone who's um, you know in a really bad situation with their money, they don't understand financial literacy or uh, money mindsets or anything like that. How do you like start helping them? Well, I mean, there's there's a variety of ways, but I do a lot of um, I do a lot of free forward facing content. So in my Facebook groups and on the podcast and such, where you know I'm actually giving lots of tools and resources to help people kind of reset their baseline, if you will, um, and start to identify what the mindsets and what the behaviors are that are keeping them in that sort of stuck and stagnant place. So um, I'm super passionate about that and about that type of content being accessible. So that's kind of why I provide it in that way. Mm. Um, But then I also do group coaching and clearing programs where I take people through the modality and through different systems um, of clearing this emotional pathology. But at the same time, I'm a huge believer in the practical side of um, changing the way, changing your relationship with money. And so Mm. I focus a lot on custodianship and what that looks like and and how we go in and we clear up our behaviors around how we're treating money. So um, looking for money leaks and creating savings plans and in in a way that feels good to us that doesn't feel punitive. and so a lot of the, the entry-level work that I do with clients is around that custodianship piece and, um, you know, really beginning to look at how we can create and cultivate a relationship with our money that serves us, that makes us excited, that, you know, helps us to not feel like we're under the control of money because that's the thing I find when people come to work with me. It's like they have such a negative relationship with money because they have been living paycheck to paycheck. They do Mm -hmm. feel like there's never enough. And so instead of making positive associations with money, they're making negative associations with money, which just perpetuates this kind of cycle of never enough. Mm. Yeah, money's such a taboo, uh, like taboo subject as well. Like, wh- why is that? I don't understand. You know, it's something that every single person, um, at least in the you know first and second world, is using on a daily basis. Um, why is it such a taboo subject for you to talk to with your kids or talk with your friends about money and how you're actually how each of us are managing their own financial operating system and things like that? Well, I think that like we're really conditioned and programmed to have a lot of guilt and shame around financial mistakes. Mm. And, you know, from, from my perspective, I really believe that we are, we're most easily controlled and manipulated when we're emotionally charged. Mm. And what are the two, to me, the two things that are the things that you just said are the things that like, we have to have, we cannot live without them in this, in this lifetime that we're living on this planet, right. Our money, because we, we have to have it to exchange for our basic necessities that we need, right. Mm. Shelter, food, um, anything anything, (laughs) anything that we need, we have to exchange, we have to exchange currency for, and then food. So those are the two things where we're most easily controlled and manipulated because we have to have them to survive. Mm. So 
you know, so what I believe is for generations and generations and generations, we have been controlled and manipulated using money and currency mm. by, by our governments, by financial institutions and organizations, because it serves them remaining in positions of power. So when we're emotionally charged and triggered and we're, we're more easily emotionally charged and triggered by fear, lack and scarcity and guilt and shame than we are positive emotions. So they keep us trapped inside a cycle where we can't ever quite get it right. And then they, they penalize us with things like credit scores and, mm. you know, things that, that will keep us in that energetic vibration and frequency of guilt and shame around money. So as a result of that, we all are going to make financial mistakes. It's part of growing. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I've wanted to do for so long is like do a program like I do for adults, for kids. That's more like, okay, look, like you're going to make financial mistakes. You are not your financial mistakes. Like yep. you are not a bad person because you had a charge off on a credit card at one point in your life. You're not a bad person because, you know, you, missed some payments and like say worst case scenario your car gets repossessed like that doesn't make you a bad person it means that you've made some poor financial decisions in the past but you get to change your financial custodianship at any moment but i think that's why it's so taboo because we've made past mistakes we're made to feel guilt and shame about that um and then it there has then become this whole like so we just don't talk about it mm. Every single person that I work with has programming and conditioning around money. And I work with people that are, were born into poverty and I work with people who were born to billionaires. Mm. They all have programming and conditioning. And for the majority of them, this thing that you're talking about, like, oh, it's taboo. We don't talk about it. And we certainly don't talk about our financial mistakes mm. is, is really the reality. Yeah, I feel like if you've got too much money or not enough money, it's almost like uh, you, either way, you're um, almost embarrassed to talk about money, um, yeah. but just really shouldn't be that way. Um, I think it, you're right. It is it, people need to change their their mindset towards money as well, like because money money can be you know it can be the root of evil things as well, but it also can be the um, pathway to living the ideal lifestyle, doing everything you want to do. Um, you know, living where your family wants to live, do what your family wants to do, spend more time with your family can help you buy back time. Um, I think if people just get a little bit more crystal clear on what they actually want to do with their life and the lifestyle that they want to live and then start working out how they can use money to achieve that lifestyle, it can change your whole outlook on what money can actually do for you. And plus, when you want to give back to society as well, you it also helps when you got money to do that. So Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're raised in this um, primarily Christian environment, especially mm. in Western countries, right? And we're heavily influenced by the Bible, whether you were religious growing up or not. We've all heard the phrase money is the root of all evil. Mm. We're programmed and conditioned like that religious dogma. It runs deep in our, in all of our psyches, whether we were raised in church or not. Mm. And, you know, I tell my clients all the time that money is neither good nor bad. Money is just energy, right? It just is. Whatever association we make to it, it takes on. People don't suddenly become horrible people because they come into a lot of money. Money mm. does not make character. I do believe money can accentuate a character that's already there. But for the most part, properly resourced people do good things in the world. And, you know, if so, if you were a shit person before, 
money's probably going to make you more of that. Yeah, exactly. But you know, <laughs> most people are actually just good people that want to do good for humanity and want to do good for each other and want to live the lives that they deeply desire. And yeah. what I've seen time and time again is the more those people get resourced, the more happy they are, and then the more good that they go out and do in the world. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. Um, yeah, I've, I've really, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. So, like, if if, if anyone wants to, um, you know, chat with you a little bit more about, um, you know, financial mindset or just, um, you know, helping them have a change their, um, you know, outlook on on money in the future. Is there any way that do you have any like Facebook groups or um, anything that people can join and have a chat with you? Yeah, absolutely. But well, of course, you can go listen to the Wealth Witch podcast. That's everywhere podcasts are streamed. Um, I do have a free Facebook group called Revolutionary Wealth. Um, you can find me on all the social medias at the Leah Steele, but we can definitely uh, give you the link to the Revolutionary Wealth face- Facebook group. So you can drop that in your show notes. I appreciate that. Now, awesome. I really appreciate you jumping on. I think everyone's going to get a, little, a lot out of this episode and, um, you know, hopefully change their mindset towards money. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out to Leah to chat a little bit more about that, um, I'll put the links in the show notes. So um, please feel free to reach out to Leah and we'll, uh, and hopefully we'll get a lot of value out of it. So Leah, appreciate you jumping on the show and um, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Cheers.